Welcome to a Monday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Episode number 236 today. Uh, you know, in just two days, we'll mark my uh, one-year anniversary hosting this new program here at KSL. Thank you so much for being along for the ride. Uh, always interested in your feedback and your input and your questions and your suggestions. 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Today is no exception. We're going to be discussing a number of topics from... Uh, some some startling numbers to come from the Salt Lake City School District. We'll get to that in just a moment. Plus, we'll be looking at electronic voting in Congress. Imagine a scenario in which your member of Congress to cast a vote for legislation may not need to report to Washington, D.C., but could do it uh, from their respective district. We'll talk about that with Congressman Chris Stewart, and uh, you and I can go back and forth on that. And then lastly, you heard, as I discussed this earlier with Maria Shaleo, something that has been dubbed the Fauci effect. Yeah, it turns out there is a remarkable increase in those uh, would-be students who are applying to medical school. Medical school has all of a sudden become very, very popular, at least compared to years past, and there are many that are pointing the finger of blame or responsibility or thanks at Dr. Fauci. In the midst of all of this uh, coronavirus, Dr. Fauci has emerged to some as something of of a hero or at least a guiding light, and many are wanting to follow in his footsteps. First step in that effort would be to attend medical school. Applications are way up. We'll get into that later on. But first, we have to talk about the Salt Lake City School District. <clears throat> over the weekend, I I have been trying over the past few months to, to tune out uh, all of the noise surrounding the coronavirus. I maintain vigilance and try to stay uh, you know healthy and practice good behavior and all that. But in terms of the news and everything happening uh, across the country, I try to tune it out. And yet I, I couldn't resist over the weekend. I saw an email come through on the work email that uh, made mention of a startling figure to come from the Salt Lake City School District. 4,000 students, 4,000 students, uh, middle and high school students have received one or more F's or incompletes in the first quarter. That is a 60% increase of kids getting failing grades from 2019. Now, what is unique about the Salt Lake City School District? Well, we've talked about it. A number of times here in the past, they are the one, excuse me, Salt Lake City School District is the one remaining school district to offer no uh, face-to-face instruction. All students, middle and high school students and the youngsters uh, in elementary school are all still on a program that is 100% totally uh, virtual. They are relying uh, on online instruction and it appears to be having some seriously negative consequences. This morning, uh, Dave and Debbie uh, spent a lot of time on this subject, and I wanted to touch base with Dave and see uh, what he learned both from a parent of a student in the district and also a representative from the Salt Lake City School District. So joining me now, uh, Dave Noriega. Dave, sir, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Before we get into this topic, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Have you heard about what will be included in the Summer Olympics 2024? No. Breakdancing. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. Breakdancing. I'm serious. Stop. I, I, heard, I heard it in Maria's newscast. They're calling it breaking. <laughs> oh, sweet fancy Moses. <laughs> Can you believe it? That's terrible. I, I'm looking forward to after the show going back and forth with this on you later. <laughs> this, is, this is something. 
We'll eat up a full hour on this very conversation. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll set that aside, but we'll set breakdancing aside coming in the 2024 Olympics. And let me ask you, this morning you spoke with a parent of a student in the Salt Lake City School District, plus you spoke to a spokesperson for the district. Uh, What were the big things you learned here this morning? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, number one, just let it sink in for a minute. 4,000 kids have one or more Fs. Or incompletes. Now, in the Salt Lake School District, if you're talking about high school, uh, middle school, you're probably talking around 10,000 kids. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me 4,000 of those 10,000 are failing in some subject, at least one subject. That's incredible. And mind you, I've got kids in all all the schools. I've got a high school or a junior high and then elementary school. And I can tell you... The teachers are bending over backwards to help these kids in this way. Just turn it in. Turn in the assignment. There is no deadline. As long as you get the assignment done, eventually I'm going to accept it. I mean, they're giving the kind of grace that I, you and I could have only hoped for in our career. That being said, despite letting them retake tests and turn in homework whenever, you've still got 40% of kids that are failing at least one class. Is there any other explanation for that other than this new uh, entirely online set- setup? Yes. I, and this is not just a Salt Lake School District uh, problem. My kids, who've never gotten an F in their lives, are dealing with multiple Fs that we are constantly trying to dig ourselves out of. And I say us because dad's with them. Okay, guys, what are we doing this time? What do we what do we prioritize? We've trained these kids since they were five years old to do school a certain way. We can't be terribly surprised that they haven't adapted quickly and haven't adapted well. We're asking them to basically be college students, but, you know, at 12. The, the school board, though, certainly will be getting together at some point this month to address this, right? Yeah, you'd think. Except they're not. <laughs> they're- it's, it's December 7th. We have a, a good chunk of this year left, uh, and there's not, a, there's not a meeting on the calendar now? Well, in fact, they quite the opposite. They, they've adjourned for the rest of the year. They are not going to meet. The Salt Lake School District is not going to meet until January at the earliest. So what happens in January? They have no plan right now. Lee, there is no plan right now to return to school for middle school, or high school. There is no plan. There's the most, not even a date in the future. The most recent update we got was what, January 25th, first and second, or kindergarten through yes. second grade will be back in the classroom, and that'll be kind of studied and analyzed over a short period of time, and then maybe uh, older students will be able to get back. As I looked at the timeline of that and, uh, and kind of drew it out over the duration, you know, the balance of this school year, that there's no way, if they stick to that plan, that we see middle school and high schoolers back in the classroom. And so the, you know, the detrimental effect of this all online learning can only be prolonged for the duration of the school year. Well, and one of the things that we're not doing a very good job of is finding out where our kids are right now. What is their end-of-level testing? What is their current level? Because we know All right, just because you are getting an F in a class doesn't necessarily mean you're not understanding the concepts, right? I mean, there's times when I've done poorly in a class, but I I totally understood the concepts. I don't believe that. (laughs) I know that's hard to believe. You're a straight-A guy. But I look at it, and I think, okay, we have to have some end-of-level testing right now. We have to know, are these kids just 
you know, messing up in their class, not turning in assignments, or do they sincerely not understand the concepts? Because if it's not working, we need to know that and we need to do something about it and stop pretending like, ah, it's fine. It'll all work itself out. It's not working itself out. 40% of kids right now in the Salt Lake School District are failing at least one class. That's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, listen, Dave Noriega, thank you so much for weighing in on this one. Thank you for the attention that you and Debbie and the rest of your team are paying to this issue. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to continue the conversation with a seventh grader in the Salt Lake City School District. What has her experience been? What has she learned? How has she dealt with the all-online learning experience that she's been forced to endure this school year? That conversation coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program, this Monday episode of Live Mike. Over the weekend, I came to be aware of uh, an unfortunate reality emerging from the grades being given to students within the Salt Lake City School District. It turns out that some 4,000 students are on the receiving end of either Fs or incompletes. That is a 60% increase from the year prior. 60% more students this year are either failing, receiving incompletes, getting Fs for the first time uh, since that was the since, since the numbers in 2019. It's a heartbreaking thing. And as you look at uh, and ask the the natural question, what the heck is motivating all of this? Well, you can only you can only arrive at the conclusion that it is due to this online learning. As a a response to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, districts around the state had some decisions to make. Many of them uh, decided that they would go back to full-time in-classroom learning. There are many hybrid examples throughout the state, and yet there was one district which decided that, no, now is not the time to return to the classroom. This is not the school year for that. And instead, the Salt Lake City School District has remained uh, nearly 100 percent online. And the consequences of that are seemingly uh, becoming more and more apparent each day. Uh, you heard that conversation I had with Dave Noriega. He, along with Debbie Dejanovic, this morning spoke with a, a parent of a student within the Salt Lake City School District. They also spoke to uh, Yandri Chatwin, who has appeared many times on this program. She, the spokesperson for the Salt Lake City School District. And to continue that conversation, I am eager uh, to speak with a student, those experiencing it themselves. Uh, First in that will be a conversation right now with a seventh grader within the Salt Lake City School District named Ella Fiafia. Ella, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Talk talk to me about what your experience has been. Describe for me, uh, describe for me the type of student you were before coronavirus showed up. So I was normally an A student. I didn't have any low grades. I got all my homework and assignments in on time. I never had anything late. And I tried my best to keep up on schoolwork, and I succeeded. And when it first started online school, my grades completely went downhill. I ended up getting all Fs. I didn't get any good grades. And it was really hard for me to keep up because it's just easier for me to be face-to-face learning with the teacher how does that feel i honestly it was really stressful i i i honestly ended up getting pretty depressed because i was struggling a lot i 
I couldn't communicate with my friends, which was also really, really hard for me. And especially one of my friends, because she can't get sick. And if she does get sick, she would not do well. When you moved from uh, in-person learning to this online setup, uh, which class would you say was the most challenging? The most challenging would have to be science, because there were so many things that were easier to learn in person, because... I don't know, but I just been failing that class. And uh, what's uh, what's the experience like for your for your fellow students? Have, are, are you alone in this, or have you seen that there are many who, uh, you know, before coronavirus showed up, did really well in school, got all the A's, uh, and now are are struggling? Um, I th- I know that I'm probably not alone. I know that there are other kids that are struggling. But there's just some people that are doing well, and they don't really need any help, and they are getting good grades. But I would just say, for people like me, it's much, much harder to get good grades when you're not understanding. What would you like to see the school district do? Um, I, I would like to go back in school, but I also don't want the numbers to get higher. So I'm kind of like, not sure. The coronavirus numbers, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Do, do you have uh, Do you have friends who are in other school districts who are in the classroom? What, what are conversations with them like? Yes, I do have a lot of friends that are in school districts that are in school. They said that it's honestly. They said some of them said that it was fun and that it was much easier because they did have to be online at one point. But there are some of my friends and family that have on and off days. So, like, there's some days that are online yeah. and some days that are in school. Do, do you have uh, – we're speaking with Ella Fia Fia, a seventh grader within the Salt Lake City School District, has uh, experienced some challenges academically as her district has moved to exclusively online, the, the, the only school district in the state of Utah to do so. Uh, used to be a straight-A student or at least received really good grades and now uh, finds herself on the other end of that spectrum receiving uh, some, some lower grades, some Fs here and there. Uh, Ella, do, do you have siblings? Yes, I actually have six siblings. How are they doing? I have three older siblings that are not so much older for me, but they are doing pretty well. It is like there's two of them that are doing really well, and it's easier for them to keep up. But then me and my brother, we're struggling some more, but we're still we're still hanging in there. Yeah. The, the highest likelihoods is that you will remain learning online uh, for some time to come. Uh, what, uh, what are you doing, do you think, to, to try to make the best of this unfortunate situation? I, to make the best of it, I try to think positive, positive and think about the good things. One thing that has helped me is I've never been closer to my family. I feel like I've gotten to like really be able to be with them. So that's one advantage for me. Yeah. 
Well, very good. Listen, Ella, I wish you the best of luck, and I'm sorry that uh, that you're struggling right now. I'm sorry that uh, that this form of learning is presenting challenge to, challenges to you. I wish you the very best. I, I'd invite you to, to, you know, and I'm sure you've done this already, have some chats with those siblings of yours who are finding uh, that it's a little bit easier for them to, to find success in this remote learning environment, see what kind of advice uh, they might offer you, and uh, uh, best of luck to you, okay? Thank you. Ella, thank you so much. Uh, listen, I'd like to hear from you. The One of the realities, and you may have gleaned this from my conversation with Dave and as I've been speaking here with Ella, is that th- there really isn't any indication that things are going to change for these students anytime soon. The plan in place right now in the Salt Lake City School District really only addresses elementary age students, and that is over a very prolonged timeline. There is no plan in place for middle and high school age students to return to the classroom. And so, as I asked Ella, how are you going about making the best of this unfortunate situation? Let me put that same question to you. As you think about either your own students uh, or maybe the the children of your friends who may be uh, having challenges, and maybe you have observed other students finding success, what advice would you give to these students who are having such a challenging time uh, right now within the Salt Lake City School District? How has your child found success learning online? I want to hear from you. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Uh, also, if you want to send a text message, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'll share those over the air. We're looking for advice. How can these unfortunate students, the some 40%, the 4,000 who are receiving Fs for the first time in their entire academic career, what advice can we give them so that they might find success in the online classroom? That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are continuing our conversation, uh, which stemmed from the revelation out of the Salt Lake City School District that some 4,000 students are this year on the receiving end of a F grade or an incomplete. That's a 66, I'm sorry, a 60% uptick from the same time last year, well before the coronavirus took hold and various plans were put into place to attempt to mitigate the spread of the virus. One detail I, I must throw out, and I've been remiss in not mentioning it throughout uh, the afternoon that we've been discussing this topic, is that the rationale behind uh, an exclusively online learning environment in the Salt Lake City School District was to, of course, mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. And well, now we've had uh, a number of months to examine the impact of that. And if you look at the communities where students are, in fact, outside of the Salt Lake City School District, where those students are able to, uh, in an exclusive or hybrid sense, report to the classroom, get face-to-face instruction, and you compare the transmission rate of the coronavirus in those communities to those same communities in the Salt Lake City School District where instruction is exclusively online, you'll find nearly no difference. You'll find nearly no difference. And so it begs the question, uh, has this been effective as a mitigating effort in the effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus? Or has there been simply no impact at all?
Uh, my request to you is, uh, you know, as we kind of you know point fingers and decide who's at fault for what, there is a certain reality that is likely to endure, and it is that this circumstance is not going to change uh, anytime soon for these middle and high school age students. And so what can we do now to help them out? Maybe you are a parent of a student who is struggling in the Salt Lake City School District, or maybe you are the parent uh, of a student who is thriving in the online setting, who has found great success in learning online. Let's take some of that knowledge. Let's take some of those experiences that you have witnessed and try to get them uh, into the hands of these struggling students or at least their parents. And so to accomplish that, I need your help. Uh, So if you have been the witness of some measure of success, call in and share those tips with us, please. 801-575-8255, 801-KSL-TALK. I have a number of text messages which have come in on this topic, 575-00. I'll share those in just a moment. I'll also point out that a number of those texts have come from teachers themselves. What do they have to say? We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But first, let's have a conversation here with Lucy calling from Salt Lake. Lucy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm uh, feeling frustrated for these students here, and hopefully uh, conversations like this one might be able to help them out a little bit. Uh, you, you've got some advice to impart? Well, I've kind of seen it both. So I have two students in Salt Lake City School District, both in high school, and I have seen both sides where I had one student start with all Fs um, because of just the sadness of the beginning of the year, and she had a rough start. And she's a 4.0 student generally, maybe a 3.98 student. And then she was facing midterms with all Fs and had to work really hard to get it back and graduate and finished her first term with a 4.0. I have a ninth grader who managed to get through the first term with a 4.0, and she worked really hard. She was up till 12.30 most nights um, and on the computer for, I would say, seven to eight hours a day. And then as we... Um, worked through that. Her, their second term started, and I've seen a complete reversal where they don't want to get out of bed any morning, mm. and they are depressed. They look for any kind of human interaction with their peers, and we limit it quite a bit. And so there's about a group of five, and she's expressed to me how they don't really know how to label suicidal, but it's very frightening because their thoughts are very bleak. Uh, when will this end? Um, they cry often together uh, and take nightly walks just to have some form of interaction. And it's very peculiar for behavior for girls like these that are facing a ninth grade year. Some of them are cheerleaders. Some of them are soccer players. And they're good students. And they are very – it's been a reversal of their attitudes. And they want to go to school. They want to learn and stay motivated. But the mundane um, difficulty of this and maintaining it's really hard. What uh, what have you offered by way of guidance or remedy uh, to, to your young children? So, um, honestly, I, I used to work outside of the home, and I have cut back completely because I need to stay home and make sure they get out of bed in the morning at 8 to log on. And then I run errands to bring lunch to them, uh, or I just make sure that they're on. Uh, We got a letter from the principal suggesting that they get off their phones. In a sense, I felt like it was putting the responsibility on parents of why there's so many Fs, that his recommendation was to take their phones away, make sure they get on Zoom. And I thought that was unfair because I have cut back on my time outside of the home just to make sure that they can do that. But it's almost like an hourly requirement where 
uh, my daughters take naps between their classes, and I get them out of bed with their literally covers pulled over their head and say, hey, don't you have a class right now? Can you log in? And they do. Um, we're, we're managing. We take day to day. And I think what's really been difficult is that since July, we heard that the press, and we still hear it, is to return to school. But my kids have still yet to see um, the inside of a classroom um, since March. Yeah. Have you, Lucy? Let me ask you this: Have you have you at all considered the possibility of a, of another district? Yeah, they're on the open enrollment right now for next fall. Both of them in ninth grade. My twelfth grader will be going to the U, and that's all. We just keep her motivated that that's the goal. That basically the senior year is a wash, um, and we're just looking forward to her freshman year in college. My ninth grader is much bleaker because she's looking at changing schools, changing to a place that she has no peers, and that's frightening. Um, it's kind of like, do you stay on this ship that's sinking because they have support, or do you leave? And that's very difficult because I love my school, and I've been active fighting, fundraising, working in the school, and it's really hard to just feel like that love not given back. And it's not like we want, I have, and it's not a race issue. I've written board members who claim that I am anti-Black Lives Matter. But it's very complicated. It's not that simple. I have white neighbors that have diabetes that don't want to go back to school in person. I have black neighbors. I have Polynesian friends that want their kids to go back. I think the board making this into a race issue is missing the mark, and I'm very offended. What it really is, if it's whether your children learn better in person or does at-home work better for you. And I'm only trying to say we need to be smarter, think better, and be more flexible. Yeah, Lucy, I gotta, I gotta say goodbye. Thank you so much for your insight here. Thank you for the advice you've shared, and I wish your ninth and twelfth graders the absolute best of luck as they uh, navigate these waters. I, I hope for for their sake and the sake of the four thousand other students who are on the receiving end of F's in the Salt Lake City School District that something can be done, uh, or at least uh, somehow uh, there can be uh, ways tips, information that we either gather here on the program or can be sent home or who knows how. Uh, But something's got to be done, and the reality is they likely aren't going to be in the classroom anytime soon. Keep sending in your advice. I'll share that here on the air. And later on in the program, I just confirmed this, we'll be speaking with a principal to an all-online school. They have several tips for parents and students. So at 2.35, we'll be speaking with the principal of an online school. Claims that it is the most successful online school in the state. We will hear uh, what advice they have to give to parents and students who are facing online line learning as the norm that's coming up we're gonna take a break now when we return we're gonna spend the rest of the hour looking back to december 7th 1941 the day the united states was attacked boyd matheson my guest to share some insight ahead on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio welcome back to live mike i'm lee lonsberry let me first start off this segment by inviting you to download the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. And the reason I'm inviting you to download that app is because uh, to kick off today's program, uh, we spent about 45 minutes talking about something which was revealed to be the case within the Salt Lake City School District. Uh, over the weekend, I got an email to my cell phone. And as I try to stay away from the news over the weekend, I couldn't help, uh, after seeing the subject line, open this email and read in horror. 
the information contained there was that after looking over the records of students attending Salt Lake City School District, uh, remember, that district right now is entirely online. Uh, students there, in particular middle and high school students, are all online, and some data is emerging about how things are going. And the unfortunate reality is that some 4,000 students there have found themselves for the first time on the receiving end of an F grade or an incomplete that represents a 60% increase in failing grades or incompletes from the same time last year. And, uh, you know, we haven't had uh, months and months and years and years to comb over the data and come up with exact determinations, but uh, it doesn't take a genius and doesn't take too much study to identify the big difference between this year and last, and it is that that group of students has spent uh, this entire school year uh, attempting to replicate the in-class experience Online, It's not going so well for many. So go back and listen to that conversation from earlier. We spoke with Dave Noriega, who has some children uh, who are battling with online learning. We spoke with a seventh grader within the Salt Lake City School District who herself has uh, faced some challenges. Uh, an extremely intelligent and bright student uh, receiving top marks a year ago is now receiving Fs herself. And then uh, there were some fine parents who decided to call in and offer some advice. We're going to continue that conversation now. On the line, I am joined by Dr. Delena Tonk. She's the principal of Mountain Heights Academy, an online-only charter school here in the state of Utah. Uh, and she, for us, has tips for both parents and students, uh, specifically uh, those students who are right now in an all-online uh, setting. They have found success there at Mountain Heights Academy. And while students across the state of Utah are in a situation where they have to learn online, uh, let's try to make the most of it and offer some tips. Dr. Tonks, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Lee. Uh, first off, tell me about tell me about Mountain Heights Academy. How do you offer education to Utah high schoolers? Sure. We offer education to uh, grades 7 through 12, and it's completely online. We opened in 2009, and we've had 12 years to figure out what works and what does not work. And my heart goes out to all of our colleagues in bricks and mortar schools who were thrown into crisis schooling last spring and are still trying to make the best of it uh, this fall. I imagine that as the coronavirus has arrived, there have been districts throughout the state, maybe even beyond, uh, knocking on your door asking about the lessons you learned over these 12 years. That is accurate. And we have spent quite a bit of time with uh, several districts in the State Board of Education and even nationally uh, trying to help our, our colleagues figure out what works and what doesn't in an online setting. It's it's maybe not as easier as uh, it's a little more nuanced than you might think it would be. Yeah, uh, We have parents listening, uh, parents of children who are struggling in the online uh, setting. What advice do you give to, to those parents and also the students who might be listening and how to find success in this all online setting? Yeah, let's start with the parents. Um, this is a hard job for parents to try and manage multiple classes for maybe multiple kids on top of everything else, running a household, doing their jobs, keeping their kids safe. So really creating a dedicated space for your, for your kids to work that's distraction-free is one of the biggest things that you can do to help your students. Uh, the second thing that parents can do is to let teachers know how they prefer to be communicated with. We have these teachers across the state who all of a sudden are thrown into having to communicate individually rather than collectively necessarily with parents. And so it helps to know if it's a text or if it's an email or if it's a phone call or uh, you know, snail mail. I don't know anybody who would prefer 
prefer that, but maybe there are people that would like a piece of snail mail. So sure. let teachers know how to communicate uh, with you. Those are my two tips for parents. For students, an ounce of prevention is just worth a pound of cure. Make a schedule. You're used to sitting in a classroom and having a teacher at the beginning of class tell you, all right, students, turn to page 33. Today we're going to do this, 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 and this. That is very difficult in an online setting unless you have really, really clear directions. Uh, and that's where I see some gaps that could be improved is the, is the instructions of what to do with your time for each day. So make yourself a schedule. Get a big desk calendar or a notebook. It doesn't matter how you do it. Put it on a Google calendar. Make a schedule for yourself and stop the spin. This is my kids are famous for doing this. I'll, I'll sit there and watch them, and they'll be on the computer for a couple of hours. Well, what did you get done? Well, I looked at this, and I looked at this, and I looked at this. Give yourself a time limit. Tell yourself, I am going to finish this assignment in 45 minutes, and then actually finish the assignment. Don't spend time clicking to see what all is out there. If you want to spend a couple of hours at the beginning of the week setting up a schedule and getting ready so that you know what you're going to do for the rest of the week, that's fine. But try and stop that spin without actually producing or completing anything. Um, and then give yourself rewards. If you get it done in 45 minutes, uh, have, you know, reward yourself with something that's meaningful for you. Yeah. We're speaking with Dr. Delana Tonks, the principal of Mountain Heights Academy, an all-online charter high school here in the state of Utah. Uh, we have just about 60 seconds left. I want to ask you a question that came to mind after my conversation earlier with a student in the Salt Lake City School District who talked uh, at great length about the the, the anxiety she feels uh, being separated from her fellow students, that there is a certain measure of isolation she feels in this educational setup. How do students of Mountain Heights Academy uh, supplement that, I think, natural need for, for face-to-face interaction with peers? Uh, that's a really great question. Uh, and typically in non-COVID times, we do have activities where they can get together in person. We also have a variety of clubs uh, where they get together in person, but also online to do planning. And, and uh, we try and create a sense of community and space for all of our students to have a cohort to feel like they're in the same situation and, and going to school with, uh, with peers. And so they're able to collaborate in their classrooms. They're able to collaborate on assignments digitally. Uh, we also get together in person as, as much as we can. But that sense of community is absolutely critical to develop uh, for our brick-and-mortar students right now who are trying to do online or whether they, uh, students have chosen to do completely online. That sense of community is crucial. Outstanding. Uh, Dr. Delana Tonks, thank you so much. Again, Principal of Mountain Heights Academy, thank you for the, the advice you have for these parents and students finding themselves uh, in challenging circumstances trying to get a, a world-class education in this new COVID era. Thank you again. Thank you. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now. And in the final segment of today's program, uh, we're going to continue looking at education, but this time higher education and how an influx in those applying to medical school may be a direct result of the coronavirus and even Dr. Fauci. We'll find out those details and how things are looking right here in Utah at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Have word from their spokesman. We'll share it with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.